Ciao ragazzi and welcome to a very special edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast told like it is. I'm Frank Crivello and I'm proud, uh, along with the help of co-host Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Ciao Frank. How are we doing on uh, New Year's Eve? Um, I am ready for this decade to be over with, man. I mean, <laughs> listen, I, okay, I mean... I mean, the biggest highlights of this decade for me, my my our, our, my two children being born, uh, you know, our, our our house that we all moved into together, all the you know, you know, the, the wonders of that. But you know, from a from a cultural perspective, at least for me, Milan, good lord, uh, oh, Italy yeah. not making a World Cup. I mean, it's just like okay, let's bring on the twenty twenties now. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. do this. So, um, you know, that's all I can say. But um, but before we get into the twenty twenties, how about yourself? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, end of the year. I got a new uh, podcast set up here. I'll I'll take a picture just so people can see. It frees my hands up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, day off from work. Uh, holiday tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, ready ready for 2020 uh, to see what what brings uh, what brings you know me and what it brings you know our teams that we support. Uh, especially us, we you know as uh, Milan fans, uh, it's been a difficult decade. It started out very well, but um, it has ended very poorly, so we'll see what that how that shapes up now with the return of uh, of of the Lord here. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord of Scandinavia is coming to save the red and black, isn't he? So yeah. we'll we'll see we'll see about this. So, but before we get ahead to the 2020s, we again this is a special edition of Seria Sit Down as Richard and I bring you our Seria Sit Down Team of the Decade. Uh, this was a very difficult process, uh, yeah. as you will, as you will hear, uh, in terms of how we came about picking our team. Um, you know, we wanted to be one of the last ones to have a go at this and not because we wanted, you know, and we've said this all along in our podcast, not because we want to copy everyone else's teams. We're not into that. Um, you know, if there's somebody that we pick because we agreed with what somebody else said with their team of the decade selection, we'll probably say it, but this is our own opinion. Um, we've, we feel like a couple are out there that were just thrown out there and not as carefully researched. Uh, but, um, Richard and I combed through this pretty, pretty crazily. Um, and we, we had some disagreements. Um, I, I would imagine if we were in the same room, we would be throwing bottles at each other over players. Um, <laughs> so it's a good thing we're, uh, we're a couple thousand miles apart. Uh, but, um, but, Nonetheless, uh, we did come to a consensus on the team that we selected. Richard, how are you feeling about our team of the decade? I'm liking it. I'm liking it. It was it was very difficult, as you said. We we were very extensive in in, in our research with with all these players, even the ones we left off. Um, we you know we based it on um, some good background, and I think I'm very very confident in the team that we have here. It's the, all these players stood out amongst the rest, and they really you know helped their teams in their own ways uh, to achieve whether it's you know. Uh, glory successful or domestically or internationally so um, I'm confident with this yeah I mean and we're talking about you know longevity we're talking about significant yeah, yeah. significant moments we're we're not talking about guys that had you know some bursts here and there uh, but guys that have been consistent uh, for 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 reasonably long periods of time we get that you're not going to get many players you know playing an entire decade. Uh, in a league anymore. I mean, it's just the um, it's just what goes with uh, life after the Bosman ruling. Uh, Players are moving all the time. Money's getting thrown around all the time. So it makes it more and more challenging to pick these kind of teams. So nonetheless, and and we like it. And of course, at City, I sit down just like we do with our squad. But if you know, the team has to be functional. We're not just going to throw players in there and, um, you know, and, and and not have it not have it fit. So that's the other method to our madness when we do this. What? No, eleven uh, immobiles? Hi, Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jerry. Um, Jerry, I'm sorry. Uh, and and and, and uh, spoiler alert: I don't think we even considered Chiro Immobile. So that's how crazy, um, you know, things were. And I know the Lazio folks are going to come at us right now. Um. And before you guys get mad at me, I retweet just about everything Lazio that Jerry asked me to retweet. And so people are starting to ask me if I'm changing allegiance. So, 
Well, based um, on our current team's um, performances, it wouldn't be out I'm, of the realm, right? I'm, I'm tempted. <laughs> I'm really tempted. So, but in any event, <laughs> in any event, here's our team of the decade. And before we go into the players themselves, we're going to get the manager of the decade knocked out of the way. And I think that there was. This was a clear-cut decision. Um, this is one we didn't spend any, a lot of time. This is one that we didn't spend any time on. Uh, Massimiliano Allegri is our Serie A sit-down manager of the decade. Um, he managed Milan to a Scudetto win, the uh, last team to win the Scudetto uh, before Juventus went on their eight-year run, and he won five in a row um, with Juventus uh, along with winning uh, the Coppa Italia. In fact, he won the Coppa Italia four times. Um, you know, mm. did not get the did not get the double five years in a row. So for four straight years, he he did the double with Juventus, which is incredible. And in two of those years, Richard reached the UEFA Champions League final. You know, losses to Barcelona and Real Madrid uh, in games that you know they were at least tied uh, before Barca and before Real Madrid respectively went on their runs and put Juve away. Uh, but um, your comments on Massimiliano Allegri, manager of the decade here at Serie A, sit down. Yeah, you should have just given him for his uh, his achievements at Milan, right? <laughs> uh, no, he's. I mean, that, that was a fantastic feat there in itself uh, to win. He obviously had Ibra and, and Kevin Prince Brodtang and uh, some magical performances outside of uh, of the league as well. You know, in terms of you know what he did against like Barcelona in the Champions League and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, he went he went on from there and then went on to Juventus. Many people wondered, I wondered how he would do there. I thought it was too too big of a step for him. Uh, he did okay with Milan. He kind of like lost the team when he uh, as he left but what he did is you know he took over a, a well-oiled machine and made it that more efficient the team uh, Juventus were became not only a powerhouse in Italy but in European football once again uh, as you mentioned two Champions League finals in three years I mean, that's amazing feat for any manager let alone uh, Massimiliano Allegri so uh, he yeah there's no doubt about it I don't think there was even a close second with uh, I mean he was probably the close second in that vote there he was just phenomenal Six Scudetti in 10 years. What more can you say? That guy is a, a genius. He did miss out on the Champions League, but hey, uh, you said four doubles. And so this guy is just a uh, great, great manager. He became an elite manager through, through the decade when at the beginning, many people wondered. He came from, what was it, Cagliari uh, to start the decade. And he ends up at Juventus and probably going, he leaves Juventus and goes, probably, probably going to go another big time job somewhere. So sure. um, great, great manager. And he, you know, he, uh, if we're looking at a, a runner-up, I mean, it's uh, it's a relatively remote second. I don't think it's a totally distant second. But Antonio Conte getting the party started at Juve, winning three in a row. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then also managing Italy in 2016 to a run to the last eight. I mean, you only need to look at the World Cups with Italy before and and after with him. There and wasn't even a World in first Cup. place right now. Yeah, and he's got Inter in first right now. I mean – 2018, Italy didn't even make a World Cup. 2014, they go out in the group stages. 2016, he guides maybe one of the worst Italy teams you could possibly pick to the last eight. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so it's second, not a close second, but not too distant second. Uh, you know, a, a solid second in, in our selection process uh, for Antonio Conte. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Conte is probably the only one who can say that he, you know, he deserves being the same breath as Allegri this decade. Three in a row to start out with, uh, which was many found uh, very unexpected, especially the first one that he got with Juventus. And then, obviously, he went on his way. He did, he did great things with Yadzuri, uh, went, went abroad, had success there, came back, and now he's uh, he's got him entered uh, currently in first place in the league. And who knows, maybe they win the title this year. That would be something crazy as well. But uh, Conte, certainly a great uh, decade for him. Uh, so, obviously, a worthy worthy candidate for runner-up. Excellent. Uh, that's, that's our manager of the decade, Massimiliano Allegri. Uh, certainly not going to be much debate there. Uh, now let's get into the team. The uh, formation we selected was a four-three-three. Um, we're, uh, you know, we played around whether we thought we should play three at the back, whether we should play with wing backs. You know, there was a lot of different formations, a lot of trends happening in Serie A. Goals are being scored more in Serie A now than they've ever been. Um, so we felt four three three an attacking formation that can produce some goals, but could also have us be solid defensively. Um, and the goalkeeper is just a no brainer. I think he's the unanimous goalkeeper for everybody as far as making a team of the decade in Serie A. It's Gianluigi Buffon. Um, you know, 
aside from a loan spell at or a, a one season spell at Paris Saint Germain, has spent his entire decade playing for Juventus. Uh, pivotal to seven of those eight Scudetto titles, was the starting goalkeeper for the Azzurri, uh, was the starting goalkeeper for Juve, reaching those two Champions League finals. Um, very pivotal in Juventus's success. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the greatest goalkeeper of all time, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> not much, you know, and that's, there's probably a little bit more of a debate for that, but at least for goalkeeper of the decade here in Serie A, uh, there's no question it's Gianluigi Buffon. Greatest goalie ever. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. He's certainly the best of our generation. Uh, you can make, a, obviously, if you're talking about all time, you you know, bring in Yashin and some of these other guys. But uh, Buffon is this uh, brilliant, brilliant goaltender. I mean, he's getting better with age. Um, if I have time, it's not to catch up to him now, but, I mean, some of his best best moments as a goalkeeper were probably in his late 30s. I mean, how many goalies can say that? Uh, usually goalies tend to you know, uh, fall apart around uh, you know, 33, 34, and he, did, I mean, he's getting strong. he got stronger and stronger even well into his 40s, too, that he was doing uh, very well. He was pivotal for Juventus in both those Champions League runs and made some big saves. Uh, kind of lost his head in the one, but uh, we're not going to get into that one. But, uh, yeah, he, he's a fantastic goalkeeper, mostly with Juventus uh, during this decade. Um, reactions, his saves, his leadership ability, his passion. I mean, all you got to do is watch him in the Zuri match and watch him when he was playing, leading uh, leading the team and, and the anthem with that passion in his face. More, There's not a more charismatic person in the world, uh, maybe ever. Uh, what, a, what a brilliant person, uh, and, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's some other guys who had some very good decades, but, I mean, Buffon, I mean, is the clear standout with with, with me. And what, how many... How many Scudetto in a row do you have, you know? So seven in a row. Seven in a row. Uh Chesney was the goalie for the eighth. Yeah. So yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else you need to say. It's 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 probably the it was probably the easiest uh, yeah, uh it was. Pick, <laughs> pick we could make, um, you know, in terms of selecting this. So let's look at where we, you know, had our had to do our homework and had to make some pretty critical decisions. And we'll start it right back. And I think that we might be the only uh source out there that's picking this player for team of the decade. And it's a surprise to me. Um, you know, I, I get the reasoning for some of the others. I get leaving them totally off. If you're playing, a, if, if you're going to go with a three man defense for your team of the decade, but for us, uh, we could not, uh, keep Javier Zanetti off this list. Um, Inter Milan, uh, captain legend, uh, and uh, only trouble winner in this team uh, with Jose Mourinho's Inter uh, in 2010. Um, appeared consistently for Inter uh, through the 2012-2013 season. Uh, didn't make as many appearances in his final season in 2013-2014. But we're talking about a guy, Richard, that, you know, if you're looking for somebody, I mean, you, you, you the other thing about this team that we're putting together, look at, I mean, we're going to name names and you can think leader, leader, leader with, oh, yeah. with many of them. Um, Zanetti was the consummate captain, was the consummate leader for Inter. Uh, and I don't see why you don't have him in your team of the decade. What one, a one, a only champions league winning player that's going to be in this team from at least a Serie A team. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm running out of superlatives, uh, a guy that I hated because I'm a Milan supporter, but a guy that as his career went on, a guy that I respected, um, you know, as somebody that was always, you know, one of those guys that, that, that gave your team fits when it came to the Derby, um, and, uh, you know, take it away. Javier Zanetti's our right back. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the few players who could rival Paolo Maldini in terms of, you know, what they brought to the, to the wingback position. Um, he played, it seemed like a hundred years and he played it consistently well. Uh, as you mentioned, he's my pick for a captain for this team just because of how good he was. He, like you mentioned, the only treble winner uh, in the decade, the only one to win a Champions League title in the decade. Uh, he is just a consummate professional, always Mr. Nice Guy, constant leader. He is the leader of leaders, in the, especially in this decade, at least. Um, there's not enough things, the good things to say about him. He's just that good of a player, that good of a person. Um, he was Mr. Consistency, and I think he ended his season around 2014 with Inter or something like that. So, I mean, he played at least near half the decade. So, uh, a, definitely a, a worthy shot for him. And he he's just a when you think of right backs, he's one of the first names that pops up in your mind when you think of all time. So, he is a legendary player. Uh, do not mistake that. So, uh, no brainer for both of us, really. And it's surprising how not many people you know even thought about selecting him. Yeah, I mean, 
it's crazy how overlooked the the Inter team is when you take a look, and I think that that speaks a lot to how dominant Juventus was, at least in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and that it's it can be conveniently forgotten that Inter won the treble in 2010, that Milan won the Scudetto in 2011. So, um, you know, so it's, uh, you know, the last teams other than Juventus uh, to capture a Serie A title. Um, you know, so very, you know, in a decade that was dominated by the Bianconeri, it's real easy to, you know, to forget some of these guys when you're trying to actually look at the scope of the decade. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't hate some of the selections that others made at this position. Um, I just, I felt that Zanetti just, I mean, and it's not necessarily on him winning the treble alone. He, he went halfway into the decade, uh, continuing to lead this inter team and continuing to do it at a very high level. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to have him be part of our team. So 100%. Yep. Um, all right, now moving on to the center backs uh, in our team, and we'll start with Juventus's Leonardo Bonucci. Uh, he gets into our team of the decade. He's he's in many teams of the decade, justifiably so. Um, you know, he uh, arrived from Bari, uh, where he played 38 games in Serie A. Another forgotten and little known fact. Um, <laughs> and uh, after that, uh, made 227. Uh, appearances with Juve through 2017, had that cup of coffee with Milan in 2017-2018, in and then uh, in the 2018-2019 season, tw- 29 more appearances. Um, and then, uh, of course, has uh, played in the first half of the Juve season here in 2019-2020. So, um, 265-2, I'm just adding, sorry, out loud. Go ahead, speak about Bonucci. I mean, uh, I, his his... Defensively, I mean, through the first half or so of the decade, was always very good. I think that we've picked on him a few times for his lack of positioning when you know for the year he had at Milan, and then even in in moments at Juve. Uh, but also his qualities as a passer from from those deep positions and from that center back position to be able to pick out some deep passes. I just you know the 2017 Champions League final where he played that long diagonal ball that started to Alexandro where. The ball never left the ground to Alexandro, to whoever it went into the penalty area, and the back to Menzukic, you had that bicycle goal. Um, I mean, it started with that pass. I mean, that's just the the range of what Bonucci can do from that position. Yeah, I mean, pre-Milan and really the middle part of the two, uh, the I guess 2014 to 2016, somewhere around there, he was one of the best, if not the best defender in the world. Uh, not just because he, at that, that, po- that point, uh, he was playing very very well defensively but also offensively he was uh one of the probably the one of the best ball playing defenders uh in the world i mean he just distributed the ball so i mean everywhere i mean teams from all over europe wanted him um when he was doing uh, really well for juventus uh his his ability to pass the ball you know not only short but also long as you mentioned like in that goal in the champions league final where manzuka scored the overhead kick um, and just prime examples, he could spray the ball so much everywhere on the pitch that uh, he'd really uh, make it hard for defense to the opposition to to guard him. Because if you press him, he's going to find you with a long pass. If you press up high, he'll get you over the top. If not, he'll find someone to the side that he can f- uh, feed. So he, you know, keeping the ball in motion, keeping the play going, uh, keeping possession for his team was so big for Juventus during those times that, that that's where they really their success really started from the back going forward. And obviously, Juventus is going to be a theme through this because of how dominant they were. But Bonucci was one of the best defenders in the world for for a little period of the time, the middle of two thousand or two thousand tens, I should say. Um, he's he's been very consistent. I mean, obviously, he had that uh, that spell in Milan that kind of broke him, I guess. Maybe some people say that was the true side of him. He was maybe maybe being aided by Chiellini and Barzali, but I don't know. I disagree with that. I think he was that good uh, before he went to Milan, um, and so he he still has that passing ability now, but. Um. Yeah, he's this. Uh, no doubt about it. One of the best center backs of the decade, and um, I really was an easy pick for me. For me, despite how his recent uh, shortcomings have been with both Milan and and now this iteration of Juventus. Three hundred and over three hundred and thirty appearances uh, over the decade. From you know, from the second half of the season with Body in two thousand ten, uh, Juve the season at Milan at, at Juve, and then and then back at Juve. Over 330 appearances. I mean, remember, there's maybe what 380 game range, and that speaks to his durability. That's a, that that speaks to his ability to stay fit. Um, 
you know, I think that that's a credit to him as well uh, to be able to have that longevity to play that many games. And we're not even talking about appearances for the Itsuri, uh, appearances in the Champions League, appearances in the Copa. We're talking strictly Serie A. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> 450 to 500 games uh, over the decade and just, uh, you know, a staple uh, in every team that he played on. And uh, this this past decade, you know, it, Certainly going to be a, a player that we're going to look at here in the next few years as someone that's going to be on the downswing. It just happens as you get older. There's no there's no getting around that. Father uh, time. Yeah, father time beats everybody. So, uh, but in the meantime, let's continue to enjoy what he's capable of doing um, with the with the time that he's got left as far as a player. And uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, does the does his time at Milan maybe mar his body of work a little bit? Sure, uh, but you look at this overall body of work, and it's hard to leave him off. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he he is one of the better defenders of the decade, so uh, no brainer for me. Yep. Okay, joining him in the center of defense, and you know, hang on, Juve fans. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hang on. We'll, we'll Don't spoil tell it. Don't spoil yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Uh, joining him in the center of defense is Napoli's Kalidou Koulibaly. Um, so. I mean, he he didn't join Serie A until 2014, but man, what an impression he has made. Uh, arguably, has been the best defender in Serie A over the over the time since he's been there. Again, Juve fans, calm down. Um, it's, <laughs> he, I mean, you look at his appearances: 168 appearances, and the, in a system under Maurizio Sarri that was just breakneck attack. Uh, keep the ball, play very expansive. Guys are guys are throwing forward. Um, it's underest it's underestimated how much responsibility that puts on a defender like Koulibaly, who has so much to cover. You know, as a result of having to play those tactics when they get countered, if they end up playing against teams who have some superiority in possession, uh, you know, and, and things of that nature. And then under Ancelotti's system, he only got better. So the fun part is he's in our team of the decade this decade. And if we are doing this this long, he'll probably be in the team of the decade in the 2020s, too. He's only, <laughs> he's only 28. Oh, my goodness. So, um, you know, that's the other thing that's probably underestimated about him. He, his best football is still ahead of him, and he's made this team of the decade. He's just such an impressive defender for Napoli. I mean, he's so important uh, to what they want to be able to do as a team. Uh, and uh, certainly for his performances and for what he has meant to the Partenope, uh, deserving to be in our team of the decade, Richard. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to compare what he's done with other people, but he, he's one of the best defenders in the world, if not the best defender uh, he for the, the spell that he's been one of the best defenders in the world has really been only him. Other defenders who who are on this list, Chiellini, Godin, some of these other guys, they've had a parent and back a partner to to work with. He's pretty much done it by himself. Yeah, you got Abiol, Whoop de Doo, um, Maximovic, some other guys. It's really been Koulibaly like, carrying the Napoli defense, and he what a fantastic job he's done. I mean, he's stellar defensively. He he breaks down plays uh, before they get into the box. Um, he's got offensive skill as well. I mean, he, he makes a passing ability. He's got leaping ability. He scores some uh, crucial goals for Napoli throughout the decade. Um, he can make his runs as well when he wants to go up the pitch. He just does everything, and he's so good at everything he does. But especially defensively, he was a shutdown player. He would shut down everybody uh, that came in his way. Yeah, a couple every now and then a forward would get a, get something on him. But for the most part, I mean, if you want, if you need a shutdown center. Uh, when it came down to crunch time, Koulibaly is one of the first names you think of, and he is absolutely deserving of um, a central defender in, in our team of the decade. He is that good, and he will continue to be good because, as you mentioned, 28 years old, I would have not guessed that. I would have guessed, you know, if I had to guess maybe like 32 or 33, something like that, he looked like a seasoned uh, defender. But I guess when you start at a young age and get uh, lots of game time, game time is what gets you better, folks. Yep. Um, that's what kind of uh, led him to be where he is right now, and I can only I can't wait for the next you know five to ten years with him because he could only get better, I would imagine. Because as you get older, you get smarter, and position is going to be better. Uh, look out, uh, whoever he ends up with, if he stays in Napoli or goes somewhere else, I mean, he's going to be fantastic for them. Yep, I I totally agree. Um, you know, as as I've said, I mean, just so pivotal to Napoli success, Napoli success through this uh, through the years. 
you know, maybe Napoli gives up a few more goals than Juventus does every season, but I don't think that that, you know, should negate um, what Koulibaly means to Napoli. And could you imagine him in Juve's back line? Uh, oh, my goodness. With those guys? I mean, who would score on that team? Um, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> Now Napoli fans are mad. <laughs> don't start. <laughs> don't give. Don't give Agnelli any ideas, right? <laughs> so, oh my. So, so sorry, guys. Sorry, Rafa. Sorry, Ken. Um, anyway, so, um, so yeah, that's our center back pairing. So now, Juve fans, you can, you can, uh, you, you can, um, uh, t- you can uh, get rid of the torches and. Um, you know, all of your uh, lynching equipment. Uh, Giorgio Chiellini does make our team of the decade. We're just going to have him deputize at left back. Uh, so He's more than capable. Yeah, and he's more than capable. In fact, he he did that for the Azzurri. Um, he did that uh, at times for Juventus. He was called on, especially very early in his career. And he's, you know, like Paolo Maldini, is making that transition from left back to center back. I'll leave it up to everybody else to debate, you know, who's wearing it better. Um, you know, so... Uh, I I know what my answer is going to be um, because of Maldini. There's Chiellini, but I'll you know that's another. I've got to squeeze a Milan <laughs> player in here somehow, Richard. Um, so you know, looking at his time at Juventus, um, I mean, it's just he's less appearances than Bonucci. Uh, about uh, between uh, you know, not looking at that 2009 2010. Um, He's, uh, I think he's made around 300 appearances. If I, if I did the math right, looking at this, um, he has scored goals throughout the decade. Uh, so he's pivotal on set pieces, but he's another guy that just that shuts things down. He's another guy that you don't want tackling you uh, because you will glimp around for three days. Um, you know, bit of a hard man, uh, bit of a throwback when it comes to Italian defenders. I mean, and it's 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 funny that you don't really see many of many players like Chiellini uh in today's game uh so you appreciate that element about him too uh but Giorgio Chiellini rounds out our back four yeah probably when you think about shutdown center shutdown defenders uh he's the other name you think of really uh what a fantastic player uh a, a true leader as well I mean he, he he was my closest for you know for for captain uh because he's that kind of leader he led he helped with the Azzurri uh he helped obviously Juventus uh such a such an iconic player defensively um and just and just in general I mean when when you needed a big goal you knew he's going to come through like on, on the corner on the corner kicks or, or free kicks with his headers uh his heading ability his defensive um Marking, being able to shut down some big, big time strikers from the opposition, uh, game in and game out. Um, he had he had some injury troubles, you know, in, in the in the late late part of the decade. But other than that, I mean, when he was in there, he was one of the better players in the in, in the world, and he, he still continues to be uh, one of the best defenders in the world, even at his ripe old age. So, um, yeah, this guy. Uh, many people wonder why he wasn't in our starting uh, central defenders, but. Um, we want to make it back four, and he can certainly play the left back position. Um, he's done it before, and uh, he certainly has a skill set to do it. So um, he he just he just a remarkable player. Uh, you know, there's not many not too many times I'm going to praise Juventus players, but he is one of the players, him and Buffon for sure, that stand out. You know, that such great players, great people, uh, but such such iconic figures on the field on the pitch that sure. really changed the way the games uh, were played when they were when they're out there. And also, remember, we're trying to have a functional uh, system when we pick our team of the decade. And the midfielder that's going to be in that midfield three, we want him to have a little bit of freedom uh, going forward. So we'll we'll tell you who that is here in a little bit. So um, so Buffon's our goalkeeper. We have a back four of Javier Zanetti of Inter, Leonardo Benucci of Juve, uh, Khalidou Koulibaly of Napoli, and Giorgio Chiellini of Juventus. And Chiellini, the... Only player on this list uh, that has won eight scudettos, scudetti in this decade. Wow! So uh, Buffon has seven, Bonucci has seven. So uh, that's another uh, shout that uh, we should make sure that we uh, that we we give the attention to. So that's our that's our defenders. Ready to move into the midfield? Let's do it. Okay, we are going to begin. Uh, we have a three man midfield. We'll start with the right side of the midfield of that three man midfield. And uh, midfield was where we really needed to make some decisions, have some debate and discussion and so forth. Um, and for this, re- for this, we decided at the right side of our midfield, we are going with Raja Nainggolan 
who played his entire decade in Serie A, uh, started with Cagliari, joined Roma, uh, and then uh, joined Inter, still owned by Inter, and is currently playing at Cagliari um, on loan as his um, as his wife is going through treatment, uh, and uh, he's watching after her. Uh, so we all know that story. We've mentioned that story multiple times. So um, Raja Nangalan makes our team of the decade. Uh, he's made 326 appearances for Cagliari, uh, Roma, and Inter uh, during this time, uh, has scored 45 goals uh, during this time. I mean, for a, his role as a midfielder, you know, people might say that's not a very good strike rate. Well, Nangalan is your box-to-box guy, and exactly. he does so many things. Um, he scores goals. I mean, right now he's got the he's the leader in the clubhouse for our goal of the season this year and in the 2019-2020 season. Um, he creates goals. He's strong on the tackle. He will intercept and read passes. I mean, his for a guy that smokes so much, it's, it's, it astounds me how much energy he has on the pitch. But what he brings to – uh, each of these teams that he's played for is just nothing short of impressive. We need that energy guy on our midfield that can work box to box, that can protect the defenders, and then can go and link up with the attack. I can't think of a better player over this decade that has repeatedly done that, regardless of club he's played for, than Raja Nangolan. Cue the club music, right? <laughs> um, there's no, he might be the only player that can rival Qualiarella for goals of the de- goals of the season. Uh, that, that every year he seems to have some thumper from somewhere, which is just a ridiculous strike that you would not fathom. Um, he continuously does it. He's still he's still doing it with Cagliari. So, uh, yeah, I mean, many people are going to look to his his spell at Inter and and say, oh, he didn't do that well. But before that, I mean, he was he was classified as one of the best midfielders in the world. I mean, the price tag on him was, you know, reaching well over 100 million. I think at, at some point um, when he was with Roma, he was pivotal with Roma's um, Champions League run when they went to the finals and lost to Liverpool. Uh, he just that energy, high energy guy, like you said, and typically high energy guys. They're they're running box to box. They're trying to break up plays, trying to start up plays, but they're not really known for the goal scoring abilities. And and Raja Nangalan certainly scored goals uh, with his feet, both feet really from distant from either distance or from short range. Uh, this guy was just fantastic throughout, um, you know, with his spell with Cali in the beginning. And then Roma, he was really, that's when he really be, took off and was really uh, well known, uh, obviously with the Belgium team. And then um, now back at Cali, he's doing great, great things once again. And so uh, this guy was really a no brainer for the midfield. Uh, just, just we needed a high energy guy. And, and he certainly was a player who played throughout the decade consistently well, other than last year. Or so. Um, but he's back at it again this year. So yeah, uh, Raja Nangalan Ninja had to be in our in our in our midfield there. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, and 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 uh, makes this team makes this team work. I mean, uh, the only thing that's missing from his resume are trophies. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's really it. But I, in in this instance. I don't need him to be decorated with trophies. I, you know, we need that. We need that player. We need that engine guy. Um, there's, there's no one that really has done it better, regardless of where he's been. And he did it. At, he's done it at three different places than Roger Nangalan. You could say it has not gone as well for him at Inter um, as it has at the other places, but the sample size hasn't been the greatest either. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and then the particular system, strangely, uh, under Spalletti. Um, for whatever reason, it wasn't working. I mean, it worked a lot better at Roma for him when for the short time that Spalletti was there, um, and that's at the time that's when he was really starting to get the attention of you know clubs around Europe, where his you know transfer value was starting to skyrocket and so forth, and people were starting to take interest and notice. Um, but then you know at Inter he has a little bit of a drop off, but he's gone back to Cagliari and things have picked up for him, and he's been a, a key to Cagliari's success this season. But um, you know, definitely a model of consistency, um, you know, in terms of his play and in terms of his, his attitude that he brings to the pitch over the decade. And we want that in our team of the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. All right. So let's go to the middle of this midfield three. And how do you turn down the pass master? Um, Andrea Pirlo. Um, he's, he's in, I mean, only 160 or so appearances, uh, in this decade, you know, so maybe one of the shortest resumes, you know, from an appearance standpoint, uh, in fact, might be the shortest. But you look at, you know, Zanetti might might be in that conversation too. But 
you, you can't take away, first of all, not only his technical skill, but we're talking about the player that really shifted was really the first piece that shifted the balance of power and made this decade something completely dominated by Juventus when he made the move from Milan uh, to Juventus, as heartbreaking as it was for us, uh, that Galliani would prefer Ricardo Montalivo over Andrea Pirlo. Oh, God. Um, that worked out well, didn't it? Yeah. Um, it worked out great for Juventus because it was the beginning of uh, the Bianconeri totally dominating this decade. His ability to be able to play from that position, and, and strangely enough, and then you know Allegri was at Milan still at the time, preferred guys like Montalivo, Van Bommel, um, you know players like that. Um, you know, and Van Bommel was obviously you know still solid, but he was at the end of his career. Um, but uh, Pirlo carried on, had four great seasons at Juve, ultimately leading them to the Champions League final in 2015. Um, scored 17 goals during his time this decade, uh, including that one against Parma uh, when he played for Milan. Oh, what a goal. Go look it up. Um, and that might have still been in 2009, but I'll throw it in this decade just to have some Milan love, just a, just a tick. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, there's, I, I can just speak about this guy all day long. Um, you know, he, he, he is why Jorginho exists. Uh, and uh, deep-lying midfield playmakers like him exist. Uh, Andrea Pirlo, uh, easily uh, our pick for the middle of this midfield. Yeah, many people thought that his uh, 2006 was great when, you know, obviously won the Champions League with Milan and won the World Cup with the Azzurri, but... That wasn't that was just uh, that wasn't even close to being his best performances. Obviously, when he went to uh, from Milan to Juventus, grew out his beard. I think this it were, the the team the player that we're talking about in this decade is the bearded Juventus one. Despite his you know as we would love to have him in the Milan jersey. I think it's right that he's in the Juventus jersey uh, for this team. I mean, three player three years in a row winning Serie A Player of the Year. I mean, only person that could say that in in the in the two thousand tens. I mean, that's how good he was. He was just dominant uh el maestro with, the, with his passing ability his free kick ability um it's seemingly uh, when you there's certain midfielders you think about that you know never lost possession was always uh spraying the ball around zidane is someone you think obviously like that pirlo you think about that as well i mean his ability to just evade he's just one of the slowest guys on the pitch and no one could seem to take the ball away from him he would just evade them ever so elegantly, so beautiful to watch, but no one could take the ball away from him and, and just distribute a long pass cross field uh, to whomever to eventually set up a goal. I mean, this guy did everything. He was the playmaker, the, the quarterback pulling the strings uh, there in the midfield. And um, he was, uh, you know, he was a no brain. He was probably one of the first names we picked in the end of this list, obviously, with Buffon being up there as well. Uh, he is just that uh, fantastic of a footballer. Um, and he will forever be the, the benchmark when it comes to midfielders. Now we're talking about Sonali as the next Pirlo, um, and you did, like you mentioned Jorginho as well, some other guys that kind of resemble their game from uh, Pirlo. He really brought back the Regista role, and um, he, uh, yeah, there's just not enough things, good things to say about him. He is just that great of a player and, and a no-brainer for me. But are you in agreement with me that we're talking about the Juventus uh, Pirlo uh, as opposed to the Milan one? Very much. I mean, the... the and and largely because I think at Milan under under Allegri he got a he got a pretty rough deal which yeah again yeah. surprises me because when Allegri came came back to Juve he used him um, uh, and I don't know if that was by default and he couldn't find anybody else to play that role or if he just decided you know what I made a mistake uh, let me rectify it now that I'm here um, you know so it was it was a little bit baffling he's definitely in for his time at Juventus uh, but he did win a Scudetto with Milan in 2010, 2011, regardless of how much he played, um, you know, and how significant he was to that, uh, to that title run. Um, but, and, um, you know, his time at Juve, like I said, he, the, the, the balance of power shifted from being a league where the Milan teams were kind of fighting each other. Juve was getting into the conversation. You had Roma, um, you know, making some runs in here. Napoli at that time wasn't quite there yet. Um, to now Juve, it was the first domino that fell in terms of beginning Juve's total dominance of this decade. So um, as an aside, though, I mean, as you talk about Jorginho and Sandro Tonali, and they exist because of Andrea Pirlo, does Andrea Pirlo exist because of Dimitri Albertini? Yeah, that's very fair. 
Okay, that's I, I I love making that comment. As amazing as Pirlo has been, Albertini was very much an under the radar player, but he was that deep lying, you know, not not nearly the pass master that um, uh, Pirlo is, but right, right, very damn good at what he did. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So, all right, let's round out our midfield. Um, a player that made. Th- Roughly 300 appearances in Serie A over the uh, over the decade, and did it all with the same team, Marakamchik. Uh, 82 goals in that run. Richard, we're talking about a player that I think you know he he broke uh, Maradona's record, I believe, for appearances uh, with the Partenope. Um And I think at the I don't know if he broke the goals. I think that well, Meritans broke that um, or is close to doing so. Uh, but we're talking about, you know, a guy who has been standard as Napoli made their rise this decade. Uh, Hamshik was a constant, uh, and maybe in his last season, he didn't make as many appearances under Ancelotti in 2018, 2019, but he was a staple in what Sarri wanted. He played every game, every Serie A game, 2015, 2016, 38 appearances, 16, 17, 38 appearances, 17, 18, 38 appearances. Um, it is, uh, you know, without a doubt, uh, a guy that could stay fit, a guy that could be relied upon. He could score goals. He could create goals. And, you know, for me, um, a guy that you have to look at as an icon of a Napoli team owned by De Laurentiis, coached by Saudi, that um, is very, very pivotal to Napoli being a team that regularly challenged uh, Juventus over the second half of the decade. Oh, no, with, without a doubt. Uh I know when uh, when he was first signed by Napoli, many people questioned it, but he quickly, you know, took over the. He pretty much is Napoli. I mean, with his tattoos, his mohawk, his his uh, his rebel uh, personality. But that that you know the the fans that love that about him and his play on the pitch, you know, spoke even bigger words. I mean, you know, dictating games, whether it be with his playmaking ability, like you said, or his goal scoring, uh, he was always in something. Anything that happened good with Napoli is because Marek Hamšík. Uh, Hamšík was just that kind of an iconic player. Um, some of the icons, obviously, Maradona is an icon with with Napoli, but as is Hamšík, he's he's there with. Not, you mentioned appearances and goals as well. Uh, he had the longevity, but he was consistently good. He was consistently great, really, uh, for Napoli. He he was part of that beautiful team that uh, challenged Juventus for the titles uh, the, for those couple years in a row. Um, he was definitely, you know, a big reason why their offense was um, pretty much flowed through him. Right? He was a quarterback of that team. Uh, he would, he would, you know, move the pitch, move the ball from you know, side to side, and, and try to find Meritans and 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 Callejon and and some of the other guys. So, uh, Hamsik was just that good of a player, and it's hard to leave him off with how good he played. You mentioned how many goals he scored in that decade. I mean, that's he's a midfielder. He's a left left midfielder. He's not expected to make goals, and he would still score goals and set up goals. Uh, this guy was just great overall and uh, a big, big reason why Napoli were as good as they were. Indeed. Um, you know, and it's you want to make sure that Napoli have some pieces that are part of this puzzle because, as you know, Juventus dominated this decade. decade. Napoli certainly challenged, um, you know, on, on a couple of occasions. Uh, and, uh, you know, actually, I think a couple of years ago had the Scudetto won, but Saudi just kept relying on the same players over and over again. Um, and eventually that just caught up with those players and they just didn't have the legs to to finish out the rest of the season. And then Juventus ended up overtaking them and winning the title. I believe that was the 17-18 season. Uh, yeah, that was the last one before Ancelotti arrived. So, um, you know, so when you look at uh, – the rise of Napoli, I think that Marek Hamšík is the player that correlates with that rise. And you can talk about guys like Renzo Insigne, who, you know, certainly has been along for much of it. Um, a guy that had been, you know, a guy that's been in and out of the team, though injuries and uh, you know things of that nature. You know, maybe not as consistent as a performer as Hamšík as well. Um, Rafa and Ken can easily speak to that better than I can. Um, uh, you know, Dries Mertens, who came on and I, I believe won a couple Cannonieri, um, yeah. uh, you know, w- in, one, in one of Saudi's early seasons where he was asked to play that false nine role. You know, after that, though, it's it's crazy to me how Ancelotti would just have a more rotated. We talked about him being a guy that um, 
why isn't he consistently starting and said, yeah, this is your one guy in your camp that can score goals in this league. Um, figure out how to get him on the pitch and figure out how to make him functional and stop rotating him. Uh, it's costing you games. It's costing you points. Uh, but again, Hamshik has been there throughout the whole thing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it was hard to keep him off of it. So we didn't, um, and there are going to be some players that we're going to talk about that we considered for this remaining position, but we're pretty happy with this midfield, Richard. I am at least nine Golan Pirlo and Hamshik. It, it's hard to top that. Yeah. They're a very, very dominant midfield. I would have to say. Yep. So there's a lot of things we can do with that midfield. That's for sure. And Hamshik, we can, with Chiellini playing as a left back, we can give Hamshik a little freedom to, uh, you know, to link up and, and, and join the attack a little bit more. And we don't need him to track back as much. So, um, so that's good. So those are our midfielders, Rajan Eingalan, Andrea Pirlo, and Merrick Hamshik. Now we move on to the forwards. And Richard, let's start with the one that I think might bring some controversy among people that will listen to this. Okay. Um, and uh, you, you, I mean, strikers, forwards, attacking players, you certainly have your pick of them. Um, this is this is this player is going to play the right side of our, our of our front three. Uh, and we selected Paulo Dybala um, of uh, currently of Juventus, had two seasons in Serie A at Palermo uh, before being discovered uh, by Juve and uh, really getting his career to take off. Um, he has. 78 goals in 204 appearances, uh, but he has been he had been one of the key, key figures in Allegri's run uh, after they, you know, in the 2016-2017 season, uh, helping carry them to the Champions League final, where they ultimately would lose to Real Madrid. But that memorable performance against Barcelona, um, a player that we thought would be on the rise, um, as one of you know, maybe the next Ballon d'Or winner. People were talking about him like that. Um, he, but then the falling out with Allegri, and now all of a sudden, uh, the regaining of form and confidence from Maurizio Sarri, he's relatively back to being that player that we thought he could be. Um, very key to, uh, you know, when Palermo got re-promoted, he had that season right in the middle in Serie B. Uh, but he came back up with the team and said he scored 13 goals for Palermo Richard uh, in 34 appearances and then uh, joined Juve and in 143 games has scored 62 goals. Um, you know, good for a goal just a little over every other game. Um, and uh, in the end, we needed somebody that could be a playmaker, that could deliver a ball, that could – uh, that could deliver a ball in higher positions. We had our look at, you know, maybe playing three strikers just because of their achievements. But as we said, we want our team to be functional, and we think that Paulo Dybala is the best fit. Um, but he also earns it on his time at Juventus and then his time at Palermo before that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to keep him off. I mean, how good he was, uh, especially pre-Ronaldo, uh, looking back at the Palermo days, really where he made his name for himself uh, as a youngster, doing great things at Palermo. Palermo finished his highest fifth place uh, while he was there. I mean, he he was just that good of a player. Uh, what a playmaker. He could score goals. Obviously, free kick ability is one of the best in the world. Um, obviously, we would see this as he became a Juventus player. But his time in Juventus, uh, he was so instrumental with them. And as the years went on, he was getting better and better. Uh, with with the goals that he was scoring, and even and just before Ronaldo got there, I mean, he was he was their best player. Uh, he was really, a, like you said, a catalyst for their for their march to the Champions League finals. Um, obviously, with the, with the new tactics uh, with Ronaldo there, things kind of he his roles kind of diminished. Uh, he uh, he obviously is a free kick master, but he had to obviously take a step back with Ronaldo coming on joining the team. Uh, which is crazy to me because uh, two two of the best free kick takers in the world, in my opinion, are Pjanic and 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 uh, Dybala. But you know, that's what makes him so dangerous. He's he's good in the free play. He's good in set pieces. Uh, he can make passes. He can. He's a playmaker, and a playmaker typically does not score goals. But he scored what eighty three goals or whatever it is in the decade. That's 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 amazing to uh, to to come from from a playmaker like him, a a, a trecartista or whatever you want to call him, an attacking midfielder, a striker, whatever. Uh, he was a, he ended up becoming a big game player um, as, as the years progressed, and and really 
he was labeled before as, a, as just scoring goals at home, but he eventually he figured out how to do it on the road uh, and do it in big games, and that's why he was in our team. It's just his ability to score goals, set up goals, uh, and just create chances in general. Uh, Paulo Dybala, a fantastic player throughout the decade for Palermo and Juventus. Yeah, I agreed with that. Uh, it was, again, and we have our... We're, we're, we're spoiled for choice in the attacking areas. We you know, we have guys that we'll, we'll talk about here shortly after this, but Paulo Dybala gets in you know, on the uh, right side of our front three. Um, going to the left side of our front three, Richard, we're going to go with a throwback. Um, and, an Ud- and an Udinese player makes this list. What? Um, Antonio Di Natale. Now, he only got – he played only into the 2016 2015-2016 season. But, I mean, come on. Uh, this guy – it was astonishing to me when I read the statistic, and I'm going to thank the guys at Italian Football TV because otherwise I'm not aware of this at all, and, and this guy doesn't even register a blip on the radar, but it's where I first saw it. 126 goals, and that ended up standing the test of this of time over the decade as being the most goals scored in this decade. Amazing. And where would – I mean – Without him, Udinese would be in Serie B and would have probably made yeah. at least a couple of trips to Serie B. The way that this team was owned and managed uh, throughout the decade. And uh, they had an amazing uh, scouting team and policy. When you think about the players that they attracted in the early 2000s, we're talking about an Udinese that would qualify for the Champions League playoffs for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, all the way to you know those, those guys leave, those players leave, and they just don't get the adequate replacements. But Di Natale stands the test of time there and continues to score goals. And if you would have put him on Juve, if you would have put him on Milan or Lazio or, or Napoli, and you, I mean – there wouldn't there would be more than 126 goals with this guy. There'd be at least 150 and maybe even 175 over the decade, and he would have been the leading goal scorer in this decade by a country mile. Uh, but to score 126 goals over six years for Udinese, um, you know, in this decade, I mean, he's it, it, when you know at first you're thinking, well, are, are you serious? Or Di Natale, we're really going to do this? And then the the more and more I thought about it, the easier that decision became. But Antonio Di Natale is in our team of the decade. Yeah, he was uh, one of the first players really to flirt with 30 goals in in Serie A. I mean, he had 29 a couple times. Uh, what a great goal scorer! I mean, as you mentioned, if he wasn't, if it wasn't for him, they would be in City B. I mean, he was the reason they made Champions Leagues uh, playoffs. Uh, the reason why they were good, and then also the reason why they uh, saved off elimination or relegation as well. Um, his leadership ability. Uh, you know, at times he did want to. Maybe at the early start of his career, he would have. You know, could have gone somewhere bigger and, and done really fantastic things, but he remained there. He remained true to Udinese, um, and what a leader he became for them. And uh, yeah, he just he stood the test of time. Mr. Consistency you know, up until his last years, he was still scoring at least 15 goals a year. So that's re- that's a remarkable um, statistic um, from Di Natale. He was just a great great striker. Uh, one of the year in year out is one of the one of the top goal scorers uh, in the league. Um, this guy is just is such an amazing player, and, and if you want to, you know, resemble your game from somebody, it's got to be Di Natale. Just the way he uh, composes himself during a game, the way he scores goals, the way he sets up plays, uh, and just leads his team in general. Uh, Antonio Di Natale, one of one of the best players uh, ever in Serie A, and it's it just uh, a joy to watch when he was when he was with Udinese. So um, easy, easy pick for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know. A guy that I wish would have gotten a little more run for Italy in 2012 um, yeah. at the Euros, but I mean Balotelli played really well in that in, in that competition and was uh, proving difficult to keep out of uh, Prandelli's team there. Uh, and then 2016, I mean, just ran out of time, uh, you know, in terms of uh, age and fitness, and it just wasn't going to be in the cards for him to be in uh, in uh, Conte's plans either. So, but like I said, I mean, the guy just he scored goals and he stayed loyal to his club. Um, he's Friuli for life. Um, he, he joined in 2004. So we're talking about a career that spanned 13 years with Udinese. He, um, you know, he, he bounced around. It was at Empoli, Iperzola, Varese, Viareggio, um, you know, in some lower, in some lower leagues, but then, uh, caught fire at Udinese and uh, never looked back. So, 
so Di Natale is in our team, uh, and we round out our striker. Uh, Richard, we called him the standard very early in our time at Serie A yeah. sit-down. Yeah. Um, for good reason. He holds in the single-season uh, goal-scoring record um, with 36. Uh, did that with Napoli uh, in the 2015-2016 season. Uh, went to Juventus. And continued to score goals at a very good clip. Uh, 88 appearances with them in Serie A has scored 44 times. Uh, had that struggle at Milan on loan for half a season, but even then, in 15 games, scored six goals. Um, not a not a terrible return in the least. Uh, so our striker in our 4-3-3 setup in our Serie A sit-down team of the decade, Gonzalo Higuain, did it at Napoli, did it at Juve. Um, over the space of six seasons, did it a little bit at Milan, uh, not as much as you and I would have liked, uh, but um, talk about the standard. He's uh, he's our striker. Yeah, uh, the standard is our striker. He has a goal scoring record. Only person to score thirty goals in Serie A. What a fantastic feat! Um, well, has a record, I should say, at least for thirty six goals. Um, yeah, he's just he's done it wherever he's gone. He did it at Real Madrid before. He's, he did he didn't obviously in Serie A as well. Um, many people call it, considered his time in Milan a failure. I do not. His goal scoring ratio was better at Milan than it is currently at Juventus, and people are, up, are giving him plaudits this season for being so so good. So, um, yeah, it, I wish his spell would have been longer with Milan. It it seemed like it didn't work, but I mean, he was scoring goals uh, nonetheless. Uh, so yeah, he's just uh, a great player. He just seems to he's doing really well with Saudi. He did he did before at Napoli. Did he is doing now with uh, Juventus at Chelsea? Was uh, was in, yeah, we won't talk about that one, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, his time with, with his really his his best games were you know the Napoli, obviously with getting the record there, and then going to Juventus, um, being so big for them there. He had to alter his uh, you know he was the man at Napoli and going to Juventus. He kind of had to alter because you're going to a bigger team, a lot, a lot more bigger players who have egos. So uh, he kind of had to share the limelight, but still would score goals at, a, at an amazing clip. So um, Iguain continues to. Um, Despite how many people may uh, consider his uh, workout regimen, he seems to still find a way to get goals in the back of the net. So um, the standard uh, sets the standard for in terms of strikers and goal scoring ability goes. Uh, Mr. Consistency uh, this past decade. So there you have it. That is our Serie A sit-down team of the decade, managed by Massimiliano Allegri. Our goalkeeper is Gianluigi Buffon of Juventus. Our back four, Javier Zanetti of Inter, Leonardo Bonucci of Juventus, Kalidou Koulibaly of Napoli, and Giorgio Chiellini of Juventus. Midfield, Rajan Aingolan at Cagliari, Roma, and Inter. Andrea Pirlo at Milan and Juventus. Merakamsic at Napoli. And then a front three, Paulo Dybala of Palermo and Juventus. Gonzalo Higuain of Napoli, Juventus, and a brief stint at Milan. And Antonio Di Natale of Udinese. Uh, the Serie A sit-down team of the decade uh before we get into the snubs richard uh our player of the decade uh in Serie A, and uh i think you had to go with a juventus player uh and i think you have to go with a player that uh you can readily associate with juventus um (laughs) (laughs) sorry no you you died sure Let's let's just do that and lose all credibility. Um, <laughs> and uh, for me, I don't know where you're at with this, but I I would be happy to make Gianluigi Buffon our player of the decade. Yeah, the passion this guy shows uh, showed and showed and shows in, uh, in games um, on and off the pitch. Uh, what a remarkable player! Uh, withstood this, the the test of time. Uh, yeah, I player of the decade, no doubt about it. He was always one of the best goalkeepers in the world each year. Uh, did great things with Juventus, uh, got into two Champions League finals in three years. So, yeah, uh, I like that pick for uh, Player of the Decade. Yep, excellent shout. Uh, uh, so that's uh, Gianluigi Buffon, the Serie I sit down Player of the Decade. Now, let's just talk about some snubs and guys that we could probably consider as, as, as guys that would make the substitutes bench. I mean, forward is going to be one that people are probably going to have comments and say Paulo Dybala, really, because Mauro Icardi had... 122 goals and 220 appearance, 221 yeah. appearances, first for Sampdoria, then for Inter. Um, you know, the Roma legends, the the the, the Bandieri uh, of Roma, Francesco Totti, Daniele De Rossi, they're left out 
Um, you know, Mirlin Pjanic, who was very consistent as a midfielder, first at Roma and then at Juve, part of Juve's late, the late end of Juve's run of, uh, of uh, Scudetto wins. You know, these are all excellent shouts. I think we wanted to look at where what guys achieved and what guys meant to their teams. Um, and these are guys that I would have no problem putting into the team. I just wonder who I would take out for those guys. Um, you know, and I, you know, looking a little further down the list, uh, Maggio was a popular, Christian Maggio was a popular um, uh, selection for right back in some of the teams of the decade that I read. I just couldn't get there. Um, I think he had some pretty good seasons with Napoli and was probably, you know, the early part of the decade, very responsible for helping Napoli get to being the Napoli of today. Um, Sami Handanovic is the distant second for goalkeeper, uh, Udinese and Udinese and then Inter. Um, you know, and and then, uh, you've got other guys, Dries Mertens, uh, won a couple Cananieri, uh, playing as a false nine under Sarri. That deserves some mention. Andrea Barzali, part of that BBC, uh, and what, you know, what Juve were under Antonio Conti in the early part of their run. Um, and then Ciro Immobile, who here on the back end of the, of the decade is, a regular in the capital con and the other discussion. These are all great shouts. I mean, your thoughts on the guys that just missed out on making this team. Yeah, it was so difficult to pick this team and, and these snubs in particular, because we went back and forth and had to make a fine line somewhere. And, and whether it was uh, international success or how you, how the teams did uh, with him there, uh, we took all that into account. Um, you know, Icardi with all his boatload of goals, certainly one of the best strikers of the decade. But it was hard, it's hard to you know leave him off. Um, he he was he pretty much carried Inter for a, you know, a good part of the decade, uh, being that goal scorer, being an all around playmaker for them. Handanovic, uh, certainly Batmanovic, a great goalkeeper, came up big in a lot of the games as well. Francesco Totti, uh, what amazing player, what an icon for Roma. Uh, but just you know, the the early part of the 2000s, he was would have been without a doubt on, on the team. Uh, but as Father Time, you know, started uh, inking his way uh, onto him, uh, you know, the goal scoring the production wasn't quite there as as it had been. So, but still, he's one of the you know one of the, one of the legendary legendary players of City. Ah, and um, some of the guys that you know people mentioned. At least I wanted to mention, even though they were there for only a couple of years. You know, Cavani was a lethal striker for a couple of years in Napoli. Uh, Ibrahimovic, his couple of seasons in uh, in the decade with Milan, he was very good. So uh, there's a lot of good shots. It was very difficult to pick this team. Immobile, again, as you mentioned, a uh, consummate. A Capocanieri mentioned now he he scored 22 goals with Torino early on in the decade. Yep. Then kind of went away uh, abroad to test his skills. It's very it's very difficult, and we had to draw a line somewhere. And, and um, any of these picks in the team would have been just as good, but uh, we we chose a team based on uh, who we thought would be best for the formation for the team going forward, and uh, on what they did on the pitch, uh, both domestically and internationally. Yeah, I, and you know, I, I like your shout about Toti. This isn't this is what you did in this decade. It's not a lifetime achievement award. Um, I mean, if you wanted to go by entire careers, then you're you know, and if you wanted to go of all time or if you want to go of the last, you know, quarter century, then without a doubt, you're throwing him in there. Um, you know, but, you know, the last 10 years, things kind of waned. He didn't play as much, um, you know, so it was hard to hard to get him into the team. Daniele De Rossi was the one that I was trying to figure out how to jam in there, and I just couldn't. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, that's uh, that was the one. And I think a lot of it, I think what tipped what 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 tipped him out was the latter stages of his time at Roma really had a lot of struggles um, with protecting the defenders in front of him and a guy that teams would regularly pick on um, just did not have the, um, you know, as he got older, uh, just couldn't bring it on that end of the pitch uh, like he used to. And, um, you know, Pjanic has been very steady. Uh, You know, you (laughs) won't fight anybody if they want them in Icardi. I wouldn't fight anybody if they wanted Icardi. Uh, you know, so, uh, Immobile, I have a harder time with because he was away for a longer, not long enough period of the decade. He's been part of Lazio's resurgence, certainly over the last couple of years. And, and that's definitely noteworthy, but not a, you know, decade long body of work. Uh, so, you know, and we got guys like Zanetti and Pirlo and Di Natale, who, who maybe didn't last the entire decade or very longer periods of the decade, but they all, those three guys also were very, very significant 
uh, in what they did for their teams. So, um, you know, so that's where that's where they got in. You know, just think about. And I'm just reminiscing here with all the players you're mentioning and and what they've done in their careers. And you know, one of my favorite, probably my favorite De Rossi moment is with the Azzurri. The, the year they obviously didn't qualify for the World Cup, but um, on the bench, Ventura and and De Rossi yelling at each other because De Rossi says, "Bring in Insigne. We need some freaking goals. We don't need freaking a uh, central defender in here." And you know, trying to make his his pitch for why Insigne should go on instead of him. Uh, that will forever be in my memory as one of the greatest moments of De Rossi. Really, just because it shows what kind of leadership he is. What kind of leader Oh yeah, uh, I love the player for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I think that's going to put a bow on this, Richard. I don't think we need to say any more than we've already said as far as our uh, uh, Serie A sit-down team of the decade. Once again, Buffon, Zanetti, Bonucci, Koulibaly, Chiellini, Nangulan, Pirlo, Hamsik, Dybala, Iguain, and Di Natale. That's our, our team of the decade. Uh, anything you want to plug before we get into the weekly craziness of reviewing uh, match weeks again? Yeah, no, I just waiting for Syria to get back into action. Uh, some big games to lead off uh, the week, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, nothing really to plug. I mean, just uh, you know, check us out on our on YouTube. We got some videos out. Um, I'm actually in, on a personal level. Uh, I, I'm a football manager fanatic there, so I'm starting a season with Palermo, trying to bring him up from Serie D to Serie A. So we'll see how that goes. But that's just for, <laughs> that's just for me. So uh, yeah. As always, you can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N on Twitter and Instagram. 30 years from now, you're still going to be trying to get him out of Seti C to Seti B, so <laughs> we'll see about that. So I'm at FTC underscore 21. Seti uh, I Sit Down can be found on iTunes, on SoundCloud. We have our own channels there. You can go to um, – actually, it's Apple Podcasts now. I keep forgetting to do there that. There you go. Um, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, just about any place you can find a podcast, you can find us in case uh, people want to know where to find us, let them know. Uh, and, uh, you know, I echo uh, Richard's comments about uh, the City I Sit Down channel on YouTube. Uh, do check it out. Some really good videos going up there. So uh, at City I Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram uh, with your comments about uh, this team we've selected or anything else you want to talk about uh, or any topics you want us to cover in future podcasts. So, um, you know, I want to take the uh, time to uh, wish everybody out there a a safe and happy uh, 2020. All the best to all of you out there. Um, whatever your plans are, be safe. And and finally, if I may, Richard, I do want to yes. dedicate this episode of Serie Sit Down to my dear friend Mikey uh, and also to my classmate John, two guys that I lost in the last week. Um, uh, and uh, have been thinking about both of them a lot. And uh, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and miss them and, uh, wanted to at least, uh, uh, recognize them as well. Uh, if people have not been hearing from me talking about Serie A stuff and anything like that on Twitter lately, it's because I've been doing, doing a lot of things in relation to that. And, uh, you know, two, two good men, uh, taken from us way too soon. So, um, I dedicate this uh, episode of Serie A sit down to them. So, um, but aside from that, uh, We'll get back to the uh, match week reviews next week. And uh, for Richard, I'm Frank. That was the 2010s. Let's get into the 2020s and uh, be sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.